This is Hypothetical Help with Scott and Terpster, neither of whom are actual therapists or counselors. Any advice given on this show is truly hypothetical. Looky here, everybody. It's Hypothetical Help, episode 16. Uh, 16. 16. It's Terpster. It's me. Hi, Terpster. What's going on? How are you? Hello, Scott. It's going good. Is it, though? Because we are, like, on the cusp. Well, it's it's put me on a bit of a downer, to be honest with you, Scott. You know, I was here. uh, I was on a high. I thought everyone liked me. Um, I thought people knew that (laughs) next week, on the 7th of September, yeah. it's my birthday. Whoa, that's also that Apple announcement gonna day, isn't it? Get me a birthday present uh-huh. in the shape of donating, maybe even just for one month or one episode. I'm not fussed yeah. uh, to hypothetical help at patreon.com slash hypo help. <laughs> uh, but I went on there this morning, Scott, and I was, my dreams were crushed. We're only $2 um, over our thing, our limit to where we even make episodes. Exactly. And it just kind of feels like I know that. A lot of people are downloading the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like Hollywood movies and the music industry right now, Scott. I feel like a lot of people out there are enjoying the art uh-huh. without necessarily ponying up the dough. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. I don't mind that. It's uh-huh. just, you know, it's my birthday next week. So sure. I'm a little bit, you know, a little bit worried that the day after my birthday, the 8th of September, when we would record, yeah. that I might not be. The day and after that, that, that is that's Apple Day, and if we're not if we're not look if we're not pumping up this thing so that Turfster has the ability to immediately throw whatever cash he has at whatever Apple announces, well, we're doing it wrong. People people are, are saying that you know that the next iPhone might not be any good, yeah. But I'm thinking it's going to be a huge success. I have a, a feeling huge you're right. Six S. Six S. Boom. There you go. That's a good joke. That's a bad joke. That Come was on, Scott. Pretty good. That deserved a laugh. Yeah, a yeah huge no, no, no. Success. I was laughing on the inside. Oh, Look, here's the thing. Okay. You, you, since becoming a father, you have been really ramping up your your dad joke status. And I, I like have it. been. Yeah. I'm trying to. I'm Doing trying to job. make sure that I'm reaching a quota. Uh-huh. There's a certain level of standard there needs to be. Yeah. And I want to be that standard. Uh, to make sure I'm not, you know, dropping the ball. Good. And that's speaking of standards, our our uh, patreon.com slash hypo help. Uh, its standard is uh, just $2 over its normal number. So, so hey, let's keep that moving. Let's keep that train going. We don't want to see it dip. We don't want to miss episodes if we can help it. It's up to you people to keep us on the straight and narrow. All right. Let's get to uh, a call. A phone call came into a us. phone call. This is all about. When is it too young for games and movies? I like this one a lot. You're about to be faced with these same questions in a couple of years. So here you go. Play it. Hey, Scott and Terpster. This is Lewis calling for hypothetical help. Um, I'm uh, getting married in a couple months. Couldn't be more excited. Thinking about starting a family. And I was wondering, uh, my dad, when I was about nine or ten years old, uh, showed me a bunch of movies and video games. That I may be may have been you know a little too young to to see like uh, Boondock Saints, Clockwork Orange, Full Metal Jacket, Jeez. things that you know could could damage a young soul. Uh, and I was wondering, what do you guys think the uh, the right time is to to expose your kid to some some more mature content? Is it more like based off the child, and and if you uh, how well you think they'll handle it, or is it something completely different? 
Uh, thanks, guys. Love the show. All right, I have a very specific answer for this. This is this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. I can I can speak from the perspective of a new parent. Yeah. In that, as I understand it, uh, it's you've got to be over three years old before you really are meant to whack him in front of any kind of screen. Yeah. Uh, there's been research into brain development. Yeah. And if you put kids in front of like TVs or computers, they're just watching the screens. It can stunt their mental development. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's scary from the get go, guys. Yeah. Because I live on a computer. And so there already there have been times when I've been like, oh, crap, you know, uh, Rose is in the room with me. I've got to, you know, got to make sure I'm paying attention to her and she can't be looking at the screen. And it was terrible when she first came along. It's brilliant. I, I used to watch movies at like 3 a.m. when she woke up and I just hold her. Yeah. And then she'd go back to sleep and I just carry on watching like, <laughs> You know, some of the best 80s action films uh-huh. there have ever been. Cobra. And will ever be. Sure. Uh, you know, and um, is so that's sad that now that she's looking at stuff, I have to stop that. So I would I'm I'm interested to to know what you think, Scott, in terms of what age sure. can I start watching some of my favorite films again mm. uh, with <laughs> with my young impressionable daughter. With a kid in the room, sure. Room. I mean, I remember as a kid, there's still movies that I think back on uh, or experiences uh, with movies or television that I look back on and, and I get a little bit freaked out about it. So I, I know I was too young to see, and I've already forgotten the name again, but there's this movie that featured a scene where basically all of the rocks and the geology of the planet were coming to life and attacking people. And it's super dumb now. Like if I saw that movie now, it would be the cheesiest, crappiest early seventies kind of garbage ever. I'm sure. But there's this scene where an old couple in a Winnebago, like camper trailer thing, are speeding across this flat, barren desert somewhere in Nevada. And they're being, at first they notice that way off in the distance, there's these small bobbing objects coming toward them. And they're not sure what they are because they're too far away. It's miles down the road or down the desert. And as they get closer, they realize what they are and they start taking off in the Winnebago. And what they were were these giant boulders that were coming to destroy them, to kill them. And uh, they succeed. The these giant boulders smash into this this uh, this Winnebago, as my memory serves, and just murders these old people. Now, my understanding is that movie is super stupid and dumb now, and I would laugh at it. It would easily be a film sack pick and like all of those things. And as an adult, it's like not even a you know you don't even think about it. But just talking about it freaks me out a little bit. Like just it was really it made sounds, an impression. It sounds horrible. Yeah, I it, mean, I was trying to find. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find it by typing in all the boulders come to life and attack everyone movie. Right. It's and hard. Google doesn't even know what it is. Yeah, it's hard to find. There so, is a trailer. I've seen the trailer on YouTube once. It even shows a scene from the boulders chasing the old people. I wish I remembered the name so I could tell people where to go look. But it's super weird. And I'm sh- I, and I may even actually see it sometime soon on purpose to kind of reset the clock on that and, and get it out of my head as a thing. To conquer. Yeah, conquer like, it. I've blown it up to be this hyperbole of horrible childhood memory and it really isn't probably any big deal at all so why did you see it though was it did you older brother thought it looked cool sitting there watching it with him on a saturday night or something uh and this is what happened so so i want to speak to it on the other end you got the little baby now i've got kids that were little babies and now they're all growing up i've got a 15 year old i have an 18 year old and i have a 21 year old and uh taylor uh, the oldest would this is so she was very young. I guess she would have been uh, when the first Tomb Raider came out, probably 96, 
97, yeah, something like that. that. Uh, she'd have been like two, two years old, talking, you know, a, a pretty autonomous yeah. human being at that point. And when I was playing Tomb Raider, the original Tomb Raider on the PlayStation 1, I remember that she watched me play it for a bunch. And then for months, if I'd say anything about video games or if we were going to the TV room, it didn't matter what I'd say. She'd say, Daddy, please, we can't play the game with the, with the we can't play the scary game with the lady in it, she'd say. Mm-hmm. And that became kind of a joke in the family, but it was the scary game with the lady in it. And what you don't realize is their young minds are so open and developing and new that even just somebody hanging precariously in a badly rendered video game environment and falling to their death while they're trying to figure out a puzzle to you seems like nothing to them seems like life and death. It's their first exposure. She repeatedly kills herself. It's horrible. (laughs) So she totally freaked out. I have another daughter, my 18 year old, who's now old enough to be considered an adult can vote in elections, all these sorts of things. She still can't watch zombie movies of any kind Mm. because when she was very young, one of her friends showed her zombie land and it freaked her out so bad that now she cannot be around it. It just makes her anxious. She can't stand it. She doesn't like the idea of it. Uh, Walking Dead, absolutely not for her. Uh, Any mention of zombies, she just hates it. And even at 18, she hates it. Now, one day, maybe she'll come to, you know, she'll reconcile it and come around to it. But my point is, you're right to be concerned because I think there's something there. There's science, like you said, science that says when, you know, when, when can things be okay for kids or whatever. But I also agree with his suggestion that it does depend on the kid. So Nick is 15 and guess what? We're watching Walking Dead together. Well, why? Well, I think he's old enough to handle it. But when he was three or four or five, hell no. We were going to go near something like that. <laughs> and so to me, it's just pra- it's just practical thinking. It's like, you know. And, and everyone's different. I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, I, I remember being, I'm the youngest of three. Yeah. So I think I was exposed to older media sure. just because family is right um earlier and so i i think that was okay with me i don't know if that helped me be okay with it because it was just always that way or if i was just lucky i i don't really know i think for for games i think they were just so captivating for me i don't think you could have stopped me uh playing them and trying them out and you know my again having older siblings allowed easy access yeah uh, to 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 all of that. In terms of movies, I remember my cousins. You know, they saw like Predator and Alien and stuff when they were like seven or eight or something ridiculous. Jeez. And uh, you know, I was always thinking like when I was you know their age, a bit younger, like oh wow, that's cool. But I don't think I would have liked that now. Yeah, looking yeah. back on it, I think you know movie classifications are a bit all over the place. Um, if you look at kind of what was like a PG movie back in the day, they were, some of them were really, really kind of free. And then they brought in PG 13 and, um, R rated movies. And the, the definition kind of got quite blurry and weird. And sure. You actually see like now, if you look at the first diehard film, for example, there's loads of people get shot. There's loads of blood. It's, it's all over the place. Um, Whereas the latest Die Hard film, loads of people get shot, but no one bleeds. Yeah. And a load of people die. More people die, but no one bleeds. And mm-hmm. so the Which is in film... itself its own weird conversation about how Exactly. Do you... yeah. And so the film's actually rated lower, right. but there's more death that you would experience. Yeah. So even then, 
is one of those kind of moral judgments you yourself have to make yeah. about uh, you know how do you as a parent want to be and like a, a America you know you're all about you know it's fine with loads of people getting shot and killed but as soon as you know Miley Cyrus shows a nipple uh, everyone loses their mind <laughs> and it is funny actually that it is the nipple and it's not just the boob like she can show her boobs that's fine yeah. assuming the nipple is covered yeah um and i think you know it's logistical reasons more than anything else sure um but it, it, some people are bothered by that some people aren't and i think you can help shape your your child's mind uh by exposing them to the to the right types of media but once you get to kind of school age yeah you, you can't do anything. You know, well, they're, they're, you can't. But they're also, away from you. Yeah. And, the other, and I would interject this as they get to that age because you're right. They're going to go and they're going to do what they're going to do. I didn't, you know, I saw that. I saw another horrible movie when I was younger because my friends had it. And it was, all I remember was there was a scene where Elliot Gould, who was the main character in this thing, this actor, uh, got in a fight with some girl who'd gone bad. And in this room where they fought, they broke the fish tank and then he severed her head in the fish tank. Because the tank was all glass and sharded, which sounds kind of terrible now, but I'm sure if I watched it now, it'd be like real bad special effects and everything. But that stuff scars you, and you're just like, whoa. So here's what I would say As you introduce them to various media or expose them to things or whatever, even if that's the, the simple. Silent Partner, that one was called. Yeah, that was there you it. Go. Okay. I got that with Severed Hank, Head Fish Tank, Elliot Gould. Oh, that's the one then. So Google. Okay. It's Google a horrible it. scene. It's awful. And for a little, you know, seven or seven year old or however old I was, it was bad. But I, but I, uh, um, I, one thing that I always recommend to people is be the anchor in the room. And what I mean by that is don't use television or video games as babysitters. Use them as tools that can be introduced to your kids for entertainment reasons, learning reasons, or whatever. And you be there with them. So the first time, you know, Nick plays Call of Duty, I'm playing Call of Duty with him. Uh, it's me in the room. I'm the anchor. I'm the reality. I'm the guy he can look to and go, okay, I'm in a safe place because dad's here and he's explaining things to me. And that makes a giant difference. And that just kind of something I just did because I'm into the things kids are into. I like that stuff. So it's mm. not, not hard for me, but for a lot of people it is, and they just want to plop them down in front of the, you know, Netflix and say, watch SpongeBob all night. Well, even if you're a kid of a certain age, SpongeBob seems kind of crazy and your worldview can be shaped a lot by SpongeBob. It'd be real nice if mom or dad were there to help buffer that. And to help understand it. So when my parents took me to see Breakfast Club, a rated R film in the 80s, it was kind of a big deal. Because what it meant to me was, A, they understood me and where my generation was. And that this movie was, quote unquote, important to people my age. But also if they went with me, it would firm up our relationship and give us something to do together. And we could experience it together. And I never forgot it. It was a really important day. Um, so be there for them. That's the main thing. Like, that's great. And there's going to be times where your son or daughter is going to be off with some friends at some 12-year-old party and some kid's going to go, dude, look at this on my phone. I found this video of somebody's boobs or something. Yeah, well, that or someone's, someone gets crushed by a truck. Sure, and it's going to be more and more pervasive and easier <laughs> and easier to get because they got them on these little phones and their watches or whatever the future is going to bring. So the best thing to do quick and early is to be their partner in this exposure so that they see you as a as a solid sort of safety anchor in all of it, and you'll be fine. Then just then just go with your gut, go with your instincts. Don't worry about what other people think. Parent the way feels right to you, and you'll be fine. Everything's fine. Man, that was a really serious uh, answer. I think to this. That was wasn't it? Yeah, well, I you... should probably say something about um, uh, you know, just just make sure 
that the kids are, are safe. There you go. I got nothing. Perfect. I got nothing. It's too close to home for me, Scott. I don't want to joke about I it. I know. You got I'm, kids I'm, now. I'm in, this, I'm in this world now. I have to be conscious of yeah. this young, innocent mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really don't want to mess it up. Yeah. But I think I probably am going to at some stage. <laughs> You're never going to. It's never going to be perfect. But, you know, like. You also want to be there for those special, like, their media can have a really impactful, positive influence on kids. Everybody always wants to talk about what they're afraid of. But I remember Taylor when she was like four, maybe four or five, and my oldest. And we had just, on DVD or something, we had just watched Hunchback of Notre Dame, the, the um, or Notre Dame, sorry, from the Disney yeah, one, right. the animated one. Yeah, I didn't one. know what you were saying then. Okay, and yeah. And then at the end of it, uh, it's a, it's a, you know, I, th- I actually quite like it. A lot of people don't think it's one of Disney's best, but I think it's pretty good. And we watched it with her, and when it finished, it was all over, and I had this, you know, this sad ending and everything. And and I look over at her, and she's, I said, did you like it? She goes, yeah. And I said, okay, good. Well, we'll keep that one. That seems like a fun one. And then I kept looking at her, and I could tell something's wrong. And she suddenly just bursts into tears, not sad tears, but happy tears for how things turned out for, for poor Quasimodo and how he was mistreated the I've whole time. I've seen it. Don't ruin it for me. I'm oh, sorry. The spoiler. Spoiler. Um, and it's obviously very Disney-fied, but she's getting the message of those who are different from us or those who are less fortunate than us can be brought to a higher plane if people will just quit being you know, jerks and not be so uh, judgmental yeah. and help people. And the, and the message really resonated with her. And so we got to be there. We didn't just park her in front of it and go to dinner and let her, you know, let the babysitter be the DVD. We experienced it with her. We understood where she was feeling that from, what these emotions were. We helped explain why she feels that way. Like that was a real opportunity. So don't miss those because media and what we consume, they're a huge part of our lives. And you may as well be a part of your kid's life as they go through it. So there you go. That's my advice. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, beautiful. it's pretty good. Uh, our next question comes to us via an email. Electronic mail. That is correct. It's the hot new thing. All the kids are into it. Uh, uh, James, the aircraft mechanic, sent this in. Aircraft mechanic. Well, I'm not going to piss this guy off. No, no. Got to be nice to him or else who knows what that fuel line is going to do in the middle of 30,000 feet in the air. He says this. Dear Scott and Terpster, my name is James. Feel free to use it. I ain't scared. Uh, He says this. I think I have a new twist on an old age, age old problem. I can't seem to find a woman I'm marginally interested in. I'm a nerd. Big shocker there, I'm sure. However, when it comes to categorization, I am a jack-of-all-trades. I'm an Ozark hillbilly, tabletop gamer, certified uh, aircraft mechanic, PC gamer, former Marine, movie nerd, and a Harley-riding full member of a nationwide motorcycle-riding association. I could go deeper, but I think you get my drift. Now my nerdy side nurtures my introversion and doesn't put a great deal of pressure on me to make changes. However, my more redneck side forces me to be more social active. Uh, but mostly with other redneck types, and there's the rub. Socially, I'm a redneck, but internally, I'm a nerd. While I know not all nerds fall away from the conservative Christian type, certainly a large number of them, in uh, if not the majority, do. I'm agnostic and left moderate. Of, of the very few women my age I meet, I mostly meet women through writing association activities. Guess how many women I meet who would be okay with a guy who isn't Christian and supports gay rights? If you guessed zero, you'd be right. Uh, definitely lives somewhere in the South. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I have nerd family or nerd friends and we do nerd things. But by their nature, it's a small and very an, and a unvaried group. I know I need to get out and do nerdy things to meet more open-minded people. But I live in a semi-rural Bible belt. No many, uh, Not many questions in that area. So 
or options in that area. So here's where I ask two incredibly hypothetical qualified gentlemen for suggestions. Hit me with your best shot. Very glad to hypo help is back on the air. James, the aircraft mechanic. All right. So he says he's from Lake Charles. What's the LA thing stand for? Uh, that's Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. Okay. So Bi Bible belty as hell. I got it. True blood. Okay. Yep. There you go. That's cool. Yeah. I'm not sure. Everything. So, you, I mean, everything you learn from about Louisiana is from True Blood. Tell me that's yep, true. Okay. That is true. Exactly. Great. Lafayette. You know, <laughs> he wouldn't get on very well with some of this guy's friends. No. Um. He would not. So this is this is interesting because he himself is a is a, a joining of two different sides. Yeah. He's this kind of you know, nerdy redneck, like a socially awkward redneck. Yeah. I, I don't know. It seems seems strange. Yeah, it so, does, does to me too, but also it's so late. It's so very distinctly labely, and I feel like he's doing that artificially, and I don't mean in, I don't mean he's he's doing anything wrong. I mean, I don't know that he needs to apply those two labels to himself. It's only two. It doesn't seem broad enough to cover a guy who just sounds like a more well-rounded a uh, guy with a lot of varying interests, including some that are common around where he lives and part of the local culture and some of it not. So I don't think there's anything wrong with any of that, and I don't think he needs to label himself, is what I'd say. I think I think he's right. I, I think you're completely right with that, and I think it's it's a real shame that his nerdy interests are... I mean, tabletop gaming, those are going to be... Those are physical encounters where you need to meet other people. Yeah. And I'm guessing, from the fact that it hasn't already happened, that there's not a great swathe of women there for him to uh, kind of find someone who's like-minded. Yeah. Um, it's it's tricky. You, he could he could try the the online thing and just try and find someone somewhere in the world. We're more connected than we've ever been before. But to be honest with you, like long-distance relationships are horrible. So I don't I don't know really past if you can get over that hump and then make it so you're not long distance from one another anymore. Um, I don't I wouldn't really want to like recommend that because you're kind of screwed. But at the same time, it sounds like where he is, there isn't anything or any any ladies that he's found that that makes sense. But it is it's a bit like saying. I'm really hungry, but I've got no food in the house. Right. <laughs> and I don't want to go out to the shop because I don't really like that. I don't enjoy that as much. Mm. So I'm going to stay here and be hungry. Yeah. And I, so I don't know. You know, he could try, like I said, going online and having his groceries delivered. Mm -hmm. um, that might be the wrong analogy to make. Yeah. Uh, I'm not suggesting like a, a Russian bride. Um, but you, you could, you, like I said, you can meet people online. Yeah. Um, and they if they're online are more likely to be of the nerdy persuasion yeah. than the redneck social, uh, other persuasion. Sure. So potentially you'd, you'd have a better luck there. Um, I don't know really though, Scott, I mean, I, I can't, uh, this guy seems interesting. I don't know. Seems I very imagine, interesting to me. It's I can interesting... imagine women would be yeah. interested in him. You know, he rides a Harley. Mm -hmm. He's a former Marine. Yeah. He must have stories. Sure. You know, I think that's interesting. Certified aircraft mechanic. That's really cool. Probably gets like cheap airline prices or knows someone who can. I don't know. It kind of feels like maybe the long distance thing would make sense. Maybe he just needs to put himself out there and just, you know, travel yeah. to 
other places. You know, like, <laughs> like it's, it's, I don't know. It's easy to say. Like, so I spent like ten years living in a part of the state I live in, Utah, which I love. I love Utah, but mm-hmm. I lived in a part of the state that's very, very, very conservative, and I was a bit of an oddball. At least I saw myself as a bit of an oddball in that group because I tend to be pretty open-minded. Um, I'm very uh, sort of anti-establishment. Liberal, I'm pretty liberal, liberal, liberal socially, very much so. Um, some would say I'm very conservative, like fiscally and some other things. But, you know, I'm not... Yeah, you're a tight bastard who doesn't spend any of his money. <laughs> but you're I, very liberal about those you don't spend it on. Exactly. I'm just, I don't fit a very good... I don't fit any particular category very well, I don't think. So it's hard to label me. But when I'm... When I'm with this particular, when I was in this area, I felt very much like I was kind of an outlier. And uh, what I found was that I wasn't exactly right about that, that there were more. Uh, what, what tends to happen is people who are pretty even handed, who are centrist on most issues, who kind of have a live and let live sort of attitude and don't want to spend any part of their day sort of judging other people's decisions and rather focus on what they have control over, which is their own lives and their own behavior. Um, it turns out there's way more of you than you think. They're just kind of quiet, silent minorities um, or majorities even. Um, and if you just start poking around, you're going to find like-minded people. And in his case, women, I'm sure of it. I'm 100% sure of it. Um, and I don't think people are as simple as, well, here we are in the South. Here we are in Louisiana. You're either a hardcore right-wing Christian uh who's against gay rights and for gun, no gun control or whatever, whatever the stereotype label is. I just don't think those exist the way people think they do. They, people are way more nuanced than that. Even the ones who on the surface seem like the, the banner carrying side of whatever side they're on. Chances are, you know, you you can find the most liberal hippie in the world. And the minute they have a kid, suddenly they become a lot more conservative about their views. You can find the most conservative person in the world. And the minute, they find out that their niece is gay. They suddenly have a big turnaround on gay rights. Ask Dick Cheney, for example, about his daughter, and you'll find a very different side of an otherwise arch-conservative ex-politician. So um, without getting too intellectual about all that kind of thing, I just think they're more around than you think. And going to the shop, like Terpster says, so that you're not hungry, is the smart is the idea to go against type and decide that I'm going to go out there and I'm going to look around. I'm going to dig in places I didn't think to look before and I'm going to, I'm going to find them and they don't have to love D and D, but, and they also don't have to be Bible thumping Christians and they don't have to be whatever it is you think that they're going to be. Just know that there's more variety and that people aren't fitting in these. I keep coming back to this, but they're not fitting these tight little predefined spaces that you think they're in. Man, we're good. We're full of good advice today. What exactly. Is this about? I, it it seems to me like you're you're judging before, and that we call prejudging or prejudice, 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 Preju- prejudicial prejudice. behavior. And it once you're prejudiced, <laughs> you're you're no you're no better than the super conservative Christian guys yeah. that you're so scared of. Yeah. You need to go out there. You need to take your D20 with you. And you need to roll it, get yeah. a natural 20, yeah. know that, you know, the the luck is on your side. Yeah. And you just go up and you start chatting to people. <laughs> um, I, I, I think that the introversion of being a nerd, that's that doesn't need to be there. No. You, you can, if you're, if you play like tabletop games, I, I'm sure you can get passionate and, 
communicate and, and, and that requires other, life. other people too that's not a solo experience yeah exactly yeah. and uh but i mean yeah if you do a lot of motorcycle riding and you don't you know by the sounds of it you've you've chatted to other motorcycle riders in that association and you don't really get on that's cool just yeah keep looking elsewhere yeah. you know don't don't narrow yourself down yeah open yourself up yeah square square peg in a in a, in a round hole you can fit it's fine yeah 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 that sounds slightly sexual so i'm not gonna go there i don't think it is scott because i haven't done it <laughs> maybe it is maybe it is i don't know wait you've saying uh, you've never had to put your round peg in a square hole is that what you're telling me i don't think so all right but now you say it maybe <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, I don't... you're thinking way too hard about yeah, that yeah i'm not i'm not too sure yeah that sound I don't know. I'll let you know. All right. Keep, you know. keep me informed. Uh, as always, if you'd like to contribute your own questions to the show and have them answered in both humorous and serious ways, hypotheticalhelp.com uh, has all our contact info. More specifically, you can send emails to scott at frogpants.com or 801-471-0462. That's the way we really like it. Leave us voicemails. 801-471-0462. Follow me on Twitter at Scott Johnson, Terpster at the underscore T. And please support us at patreon.com slash hypo help. It's how the show gets We need made. it. We need it, guys. Yeah. And if we don't get it, then my birthday, I'm going to be crying all day. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't matter. It's my birthday. I can cry if I want to. But <laughs> at the same time, I'd obviously appreciate not having to. Yeah, I don't want you to. I want you to be. I don't want me to, No, no, Scott. no, no. It's going to be a good day next week. You're hurtling toward your 30s at an alarming rate. Oh, don't, ah, oh, Scott, you have to, well, don't, It's still a child, dude. Don't, You're don't, nothing. Don't, don't, don't ruin it. 30 ruin is it. nothing. It's literally, yeah. now I thought it was something. I was wrong. It was nothing. Mm -hmm. You're still young. You're virile. You've got your, uh, your health there. You got that sweet new beard I saw in the, at the con yeah. photos. That looked yeah. great. Uh, hell of a thing, that, that beard. It looked great. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that a decade ahead of where it used to be. I think it looks Thank pretty you. good. Thank yeah. you, Scott. Not like a problem. I said, it's. It was through your encouragement slash public <laughs> mockery that I could do it. So thank you. Oh, good. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time for a brand new hypothetical help. Stay out of trouble. Hopefully, Scott. I don't know. Hopefully. Patreon.com slash hyperhelp. Yeah. If you're listening and you've never paid, maybe today is the day. Today's your day. You grasp don't it. Don't say tomorrow. No. Say today. Say today. And on that note, we'll see you next time. Or today. <laughs> Part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Snake! Snake!